This is Tyson. This is John. This is Rebecca. This is Nick. This is still Tom. This is Lucas. And you're listening to the Big Shiny Robot Podcast. Star Wars in it. Let's start. I'll spoil it for Rebecca. Everybody wants to talk about stuff. We really are a really unique group of people with fucking sure unique ideas. We are a bunch of folk with one woman talking about comics and movies. So I went to my dad's podcast. Oh, yeah. And he was like, What do you what role do you play on the geek show? And I'm like, girl. <laughs> <laughs> diversity hire he's like what i'm like you know same role i play on the bsr podcast girl (laughs) my business card says diversity hire so i would like it known that we have you on here also because you're our friend you just so happen to be a girl that fits our Uh, diversity hire needs rebecca is a woman i thought we had her on because she was like our porn professional that's yeah that's That's how it started and it was ghost producer yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you produced the podcast i mean did i no not really but you know for those two weeks Mm. For those two weeks, <laughs> crushing it, crushing it. Uh, so why don't you guys talk about some video games? Okay. I want to talk about the new Star Wars. We touched it. on it with John because you've actually played it, right? Two episodes ago. I'm probably a good 12, 15 hours okay. into it. Jesus, that's so many hours. It's, I don't know how video game time. Oh, I say that. I mean, it's 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 a good chunk of hours, but I mean, for a video game, that's standard time. I don't I don't know anything. Yeah, if I pay 60 bucks and it's less than 10 hours, it's kind of a bummer. Really? See, that's how I feel about Link's Awakening because I'm pretty sure I'm going to finish it in like eight. And that's why I haven't bought Link's Awakening because yeah, my copy. it costs too many dollars. Mm-hmm. Link's Awakening was perfect. Star Wars. Yeah. That was, wasn't that cheaper? We'll just jump back in and try to recreate the magic. The magic, even though we did it. Sorry. No, no, that's totally fine. Uh, ask me leading questions because I won't remember. So you played uh, Star Wars Fallen Order, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cool. What, what is a Star War? It is wars that happen in the stars. Mm, cool. Mm, cool, cool, very cool. Nice, very nice, very nice. Oh, you know what's great about this is he can't rag on me for the shit that I said where you go out, you made fun of me. Oh, because you were talking about feelings, and oh, I was like, yeah, yeah. "What a stupid concept!" Just like doing stuff based off feelings. So those that don't know, we just talked for about fifteen <laughs> minutes without recording happening because audition was like, ah, "I just don't want to anymore," or maybe I bumped a spacebar without realizing it, but I don't think so. Well, I don't know. I yeah. just saw the colors change from red to not red. Why didn't you say anything? He did. I did. That's oh. why we fixed it. That's why we stopped. But what's oh. weird is the colors didn't change for like twenty goddamn minutes. I might have noticed if I uh, sooner if I hadn't been watching her put a puzzle together. Yes, do not blame me. I'm watching because I just want to see. I was waiting for A, Stop! Lucas, to ruin her life. And B, I was just, you know, judging you silently. So why? Why not? Because you don't have the patience to do a puzzle? Well, I just don't have a puzzle in front of me right now. You want one? I can get you one. Oh, so oh, how oh. far into Fallen Order are you? About 12 to 15 hours. Okay, cool. Well, that's so many hours. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot of hours. <laughs> not in game time, Rebecca. Hmm? <laughs> uh, cool. And what do you... So I know before everything went to shit, you were talking about the cons. So I guess... Let's What's the pros. Let's start with the negative. We'll start with the negative first, and yeah. then dive into the the pros because I'm sure there's a lot of pros so, for this game. I talked a little bit more at length in the break, um, but it's not as polished as I would expect a AAA game to be. There's different little bugs and things that definitely register as bugs to me, but they're not game breaking. It's just kind of like, oh man, you guys are a big studio for a Star Wars game. But like you were talking about too, Tom, during the break that. Last minute, devs are trying to get everything right. done, crunch time. Makes sense. So that's probably the biggest con. It's not quite as polished as I would have hoped. Oh, and then the other thing I didn't mention is the 
the main character, the protagonist, he's kind of boring. Um, he's okay. All the interesting he, stuff he happens like to him. Yeah, he's just like a white dude with red hair. Mm. And I'm not trying to beat that same drum, but I I do wish it was something different because every one of these Star Wars games, right. it's like I'm generic white dude. Is playing he, as an alien or anything would have been super cool. Does he have any personality or is he pretty like deadpan? Like, cause like in dead space, for example, right? Like the main character does not speak, but that's actually helpful. Right. Right. Or even like, uh, with most Zelda games where link, right. cause you're supposed to embody the character. And I feel like they try to give him enough personality that it feels like an accident that he doesn't have a lot. Okay. So it's just like poor character creation. Maybe he's okay. He's not bad, but he's kind of boring. Um, I would think that the character from the Force Unleashed games was more interesting in that front. But it's not bad. Um, the story is really neat. Um, and all the characters that you're palling around with are cool, too. Some of the stuff that I started talking about, uh, as far as the pros, this does a good job of weaving both the prequels and the original trilogy stuff together. Okay. So you spend a lot of time on Kashik, which is where... Uh, Chewbacca's from and all the Wookiees are and you're trying to help them it's just after episode 3 when order 66 happened and they got turned on so the Empire's trying to take over uh, Kashyyyk but then there's also I can't remember the name of the planet but it's where the witches are from the Darth Maul's uh, mom and all that stuff do you remember that Rebecca mm-hmm. from the Clone Wars uh-uh. anyhow so the lore that it ties into is really great and the the scope of the game, it feels a lot more like Knights of the Old Republic where you're jumping from planet to planet. It's a little bit of a Metroidvania as well as you unlock different force abilities. You can revisit planets you've been to before to go to new areas and That's find cool. upgrades. And then one of the things I mentioned in the break that I think is worth pointing out is all the chests that you can find. So your map, when you look at the map, it tells you how many secret areas there are in that particular section and how many chests there are to find. So you don't ever feel like you're just hunting to hunt. But then all the chests are for bonus things, like making your lightsaber look different, changing the colors of the lightsaber, changing your poncho. Your poncho? You get jackets, ponchos, all kinds of goofy shit. So it's nothing that's necessary, but it's kind of fun to hunt around and find. So I I like it quite a bit. And if you like the slower paced Star Wars games, it's not a button masher it's i was gonna say here's the thing i'm a i'm a dum-dum when it comes to video games i'm like real bad at them so can i as a dum-dum play this game so on the subject of what you're saying uh i'm this i'm I'm gonna take a step back at work one of the things i've been trying to focus more on is accessibility uh building websites and making it to where anybody can use them and with that i've started watching the i don't know if you've ever watched them tom the game makers toolkit Mm-mm. it's this YouTube channel you would really dig, but he does a whole section on accessibility in video games. And I think they nailed it with this because there's, uh, there's like Jedi Knight mode and then all the various harder difficulties. And then there's, I can't remember what they call it, but it's essentially like, I'm just here for the story mode. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard Fallen Order has that. Which, yeah, it's super cool. And I it and at any point in the game, you can change the difficulty. Oh, so nice. if I get to a boss that's just wrecking me and I don't give a shit, I could dump it down a level, beat the boss, and then go back up. See, and I think that's a big thing game devs are starting to finally do. Um, I was actually drinking with a buddy yesterday talking about games. Oh. And he talked about how if you buy final the Final Fantasy 4 or 9 for a PlayStation 4, like the remake... Mm-hmm. That they, that's actually the big thing they added is there's literally a one that's just like I just want to see the fucking story and you play through the game but it's all super easy the mechanics are toned down which 
I don't think that's bad, right? Like some people want to be challenged. Mm-hmm. Some people don't. Like we talked about Link's Awakening and I was like, you know, it has a mode that's like you take double damage from hits and hearts don't drop. Yeah, like mm-hmm. here's the thing. I want Why? to play a game, but I don't want it to be hard. Well, and a big thing too that they dive into in this is that somebody like Rebecca that didn't play a lot of games growing up, the knowledge that we have from playing games for 20 years right. that when we jump into any game, we can make assumptions that other folks, they just don't have that experience, which right. is fine. So this kind of stuff is super cool. I'm here for the story and it tells you what it dumbs down. So in the combat, um, you have strikes and you have parries. So And then you also have dodge. So if somebody goes to hit you, you have to hit the parry button at the right moment, and then it kind of blocks their attack, and it loosens them up, and you get to fight them back, right? Are there enemy archetypes that, like, you have to parry? Archetypes? Um, Like, I don't know how to define the word archetypes. Like, Yeah, uh, ar- archetypes. Uh, I, archetypes. She's I mean, being a, oh, you're making, making fun of the way, of the way I speak. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, she's cool, being cool. a bully. Um, yeah. Man, no poor Rebecca's a bully. <laughs> I like it. All right, continue. <laughs> yes. The... For the most part, you can approach the combat in any which way you want, but you can't okay. just button mash. Okay. You have to decide, okay, I'm just going to parry this guy, or I'm going to dodge and look for a weak point, or I'm going to use the force to... A lot of times, the harder guys, I just force push off a ledge. I'll be like, fuck this guy, I'm not going to deal with him. And you don't yeah. have enough to force push everybody, but you can strategically choose, ah, I'm going to get rid of this guy. But um, if you dumb down the story mode to, to just be story mode, it tells you your parry time is a lot more forgiving your attacks and the hitbox is more forgiving those kinds of things which is super cool so yes i think you would be able to play it and enjoy it cool it is a bit of a grind um at the first little while but it's fun and yeah, i don't know anymore like i don't play enough to and i'm not consistent enough when i'm playing games to play on like hard or anything like that because right. i'll forget what the fucking controls do by the next right. time i sit down to play it totally well even like Playing Luigi's Mansion, I had a great time playing it, but anytime I got to a boss or a puzzle that I couldn't solve within the 15 minutes, I was like, fuck this. And I'd look it up because maybe when I was younger, I'd burn through time doing that. And it's fine. But now I'm like, ah, Dude, I just tell me how to do this so I can do it. Hollow Knight, I tried to pick up again the other day and I played it for like 20 minutes. I was like, I, how the fuck was I doing this? I don't remember how to do this game anymore. Yeah, I'm afraid to go back to Hollow Knight. Yeah. Because I feel like. I must have been two thirds of the way through it, and I don't know how I'm gonna amp up to that. There's just, yeah, just jumping at the sequel. I actually feel that way about um, Blasphemous. Like I love that game, but I hit enough roadblocks that I just like haven't gone back to it. And it's not that I've rage quit it. I'm not like fuck this game, but like subconsciously, like every time I think about loading it up, I'm just like I'm just not mentally ready to deal with this right now. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. It's fair. That's I'll have to burn through Luigi's Mansion. And that's the thing is that probably will be going on a work trip, so that's a good time to do it. Mm-hmm. It's because I'm not doing anything else. Otherwise, it just won't get done. Yeah, It's fun. And that's like the Star Wars game where I've been trying to stick with it and play through it because once I stop playing, I won't come back to it. Yep. It's so fun. You get to jump around the different planets, but there's lots of little... like This is a little spoilery, but you the basic setup is you go to a planet you got to get to a certain thing the story evolves you get a force power or some kind of power and then you got to go back to your ship and on the, by the third planet you're doing this for the third time right it's right but on your way back you find a bounty hunter finds you and you get into a brawl with this bounty hunter and then um i don't know that it's set up this way but i lost the fight and instead of respawning i woke up on a ship and i didn't have my lightsaber i didn't have my Ooh. robot uh-huh. And I had to break out of this prison and then That's go fight cool. in this coliseum. And I don't know for sure that 
it was scripted that way. Like I lost the fight. I th- I was close to winning it. But it so could I, be like either or maybe. That's yeah. kind of cool though. So there's little stuff like that that happens. So like, oh, wait a sec. I wonder if I would have played this different if I would have gone a different path. I would or hope so. when you beat the first planet and you leave, you can go one of two places. The story goes to one spot and then there's another planet, which is the witch planet. I didn't go there right after that, but I could have. And so I went there the time after that. And the prize there was a double bladed lightsaber. Oh, cool. Which makes the entire game completely different. Yeah. But it was just an optional side thing I didn't have to do. It's super fun. I highly yeah. recommend it if you like Star Wars and like those KOTOR kind of games. I think you'd dig it, Tom. I think it would. I think I'll probably play it at the end of next year. At the end of next <laughs> That's year? That's where my life is right now. Like I'm still catching up on games I bought last year. So. God damn. Oh. The only Star Wars game I ever really played was Shadow of the Empire that on 64. Yep. yep, that one's classic. It's a good game. Dash Rendar. So you guys want to hear about Stadia? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did you finally get it? Finally got it. So I guess the 19th was like a soft launch, like all the embargoes for reviews lifted on the 19th, but the official uh, release was the 21st. Hmm. Um, So just quick catch up if you didn't listen to us two episodes ago. So if you you pre-ordered a Founders Pack is the only way that you can play Stadia on a Chromecast right now because it has a special firmware Hmm. that they have not released to the public. Um, the only mobile device that will run Stadia that will let you play games on it, not run the app, but actually play games on it, is the Pixel 3a. Um, Which was an older. It's an older Pixel, yep. And then I have not yet had time to test it in a web browser yet. Um, what I wanted to do was actually test it on like a Surface, just because I feel like if I run on something super low power on Wi-Fi, that would be a good like indicator. Mm-hmm. And so we have a Surface here; it's like four years old. However, my Surface charger is over at Aaron's house, so. I gotta get that back. Um, anyway, so I played it on my Chromecast for like I played Destiny two for like two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Ran great, like, really beautifully great. Now, granted, like I'm hardwired into a gigabit Ethernet connection, um, but yeah, it ran beautifully. Like no stutter. I didn't see a lot of compression artifacting. Um, I didn't see any weird stuff. I was able to navigate perfectly. I'm using their Wi-Fi controller that came with it. Mm-hmm. No late, almost like it felt like no latency to me. Wow. Um, so that was really, really cool. I think, though, that I am, like, based on reading reviews and other people's experiences, I think that I am a special case because I am sitting in a high bandwidth area with no data caps. Like, mm. like I am technologically prepared to have this thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, right. Versus, like, the broader market, which is not. Mm. Um, things I don't like about it so far, I think they're available games for it are, like, because they are late to market, right? I mean we're at the end of this gen of consoles, right? Like PlayStation 5 is supposedly launching next fall. Xbox, Scorpio, or whatever they're calling it, is launching supposedly next fall as well. We're on our second iteration of the Switch. Um, It's not impressive from like a what you can get right out of the boxing, right? Mm -hmm. So you're paying 10 bucks a month for Stadia Pro, which is basic. If you subscribe, you don't have to subscribe to it, but if you do, it's kind of like subscribing to like the Nintendo eShop you do get some free titles. So right now you get Samurai Showdown and Destiny 2 for free. And then you get a discount in the store. But for the most part, it's like a 10% discount. And everything is still full price as if they were like new console releases. So like Red Dead Redemption 2 on Black Friday was still 60 bucks. Oh, wow. And I'm like, I know for a fact I can buy this for any of the other consoles I own already for 25 or 30 bucks, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's only like 15 titles available for it right now. And they're all pretty much readily available on everything else as well. I think there's one or two indie titles that are like not. 
and, and that's about you're paying it, sixty bucks for access to a the cloud to a digital copy yeah. of the game you know, that you quote unquote own as long as the service stays in existence. Right? right yeah. It's it's uh, it's it's tough because like the technology is amazing. Like it's it's digital fucking wizardry from like a technology perspective. Right? It's awesome. Mm-hmm. But there are so many things about it that just don't work. Mm-hmm. As far as like from a consumer side, that's really a bummer for me. Um, and it won't stay sustainable. Exactly. Like I will say the screenshot and the video stuff is really neat. So if you want to do a video clip of your gameplay, you just hit the share button, hold it for a second, and it just shows up on your phone, right? Because it's all cloud-based and your phone is tied into the server and it's all there. So that type of stuff is amazing. Hmm. Um, then there's a ton of features that like just don't exist yet. Um, like the co- collaborative play stuff isn't ready yet. Um there was like oh the Google Voice stuff that's supposed to work with it isn't ready yet, um, so there's like features that just it was supposed to have that it just doesn't have. Mm. But again, like I think the biggest thing is like I got it day one. I was so excited and I played it for two hours and I haven't touched it since because yeah, again bummer. it's like well do I want to play Destiny two? No, not really. Do no. I want to play Samurai Showdown? I guess, but I already own Samurai Showdown on PlayStation four and I barely play it there. So that's the one thing is like if you the people that are probably buying. Google Stadia day one are the people it is probably least impactful for because we have access to all of, does that make sense? Cause we're yeah, paying yeah. the tax. Like we're saying, no, you know what? I like being an early adopter. I'm that type of person. I'm a buy this thing. I'm going to give you, and it's like for me, right? It was like, okay, well I'll give you 130 bucks so that I can have a Chromecast ultra, which I was going to buy anyway. 30 days of the 90 days of the service, another 90 days I can give away. You know, like there were things like it's basically a wash. I'll take it. Right. But it's just like, it's not. They don't have that like first party title or something that's. Yeah, makes it yeah the there's nothing experience. drawn in. Like Destiny 2 has been out for how long? Exactly. And it's like, I honestly like don't really like Destiny that much. So it was cool. Like it was cool that it was running and running well and I got to play it. And Samurai Showdown again, like I was impressed that I was playing a fighting game online with minimal button latency. I thought that was super dope. But then after that, I'm like, cool. Well, I don't really want to play either of these games. So I guess I'm going to watch a movie on my Chromecast Ultra. I just I don't know who uh, the service is for. That that's that's the biggest problem. Like mm-hmm. the people it appeals to are the people it's less least impactful of, and the people that should mm-hmm. like the people they're targeting right are the people that don't want to spend four hundred dollars on a console. But then those people have to be in an area that has super good bandwidth, so that they're not fucked on that way, and that's probably not the same person, right? Because you need a hundred meg connection without a data cap to game heavily on this thing i would argue when i oh i can't remember i was six, looking at something when it hit and like it'll it'd burn through it's like six it's like six to ten gigs an hour yeah and i should go i should log in i bet i could pull my x mission stats and i could actually go dial in on that date and tell you how much i used you know in a two-hour window but like if you think about it i mean you're yeah you're not streaming the actual game <laughs> but you were streaming 4k video and audio and streaming 4k is bad yeah. enough um I wonder if I can actually log in. Let me see. Do That's it. why I'm curious about because Disney Plus is one of the first services that comes with 4K and UHD without an additional cost. Right. And I'm wondering how many people are pulling that down and don't even realize. Mm-hmm. It's like Mandalorian's in 4K. Right. And most of their series are. Well, yeah. Their, like, their new series. Yeah. They have that specific section for it. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched much of their new stuff. Other, I watched that. We watched that Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, it's he's fun. a weird motherfucker. Yeah, doesn't he? Isn't the first episode like about sneakers? Yeah, yeah. sneakers, tattoos, and denim. It's fun. <laughs> it's exactly what you'd expect it to be. Yeah, him being very earnest and 
talking to people about their interests. Waiting, waiting for the other shoe to drop on him. <laughs> I've seen like in his late sixties. Yeah, he can still be a gross person. I mean, isn't everybody at this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, why, why, you, why are you rooting for somebody to be a gross person, Rebecca? I'm not rooting for anything. I'm just saying, no, but Poe, but he's nerfed. Yeah. <laughs> well, this puzzle's hard, guys. Speaking of Poe, but he's nerfed, I really do want to talk about actually meeting a hero of mine and how don't meet your heroes, but actually in this case, do but meet your heroes because he was cool. fucking dope as hell. Yeah. Who is it? So we had our big fighting game tournament last two weekends ago, I guess, is the airing of this. Nice. Um, also, if you want to hear more about it in depth, I was on the Reddit slash Street Fighter podcast for Thanksgiving talking about it. So you can go find that, r slash Street Fighter podcast. Very cool. Um, I'm seeing if I can find the date that I got my, uh, Stadia. my Stadia. I guess it would have been last Thursday. So I played for two hours last Thursday, the 21st. Okay. Custom date range. Uh, sorry, I'm doing. I'm trying to multitask here. This is not good audio. Tom's doing multiple do things at one time, and it's real hard. That I will say puzzles. it's easier. Go ahead, the hard puzzle girl. Puzzles hard. Uh, yeah, watching you check your bandwidth oh is already ten times easier than it is to do on uh, Comcast. Yeah, X Mission is a dope uh, ISP. Shout outs to uh, Pete Ashdown for owning the coolest fucking company. Um, so my traffic was at like. That's weird. On the 21st, it was a constant like 10 meg. Total traffic in 3.87 gigs. Total traffic out 0.5. Let's go check this out again. Is this ASMR? Oh, ASMR puzzle pieces. Uh, 21. Is there time? Oh, it's because it's got like a time too. That's why. Let's do just starting at like 1500 and going. And that's why. And then we'll go the 21st until 2300 and generate graph. That's much better. Okay. So, yeah, here's where I got the Stadia, clearly. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> goddamn. Yeah. Little spike. Uh, so, I used 75 gigs of internet down that day. Holy shit. If I can log in, see from so far. Let's dial it in from 20, about 2030 to 2200. Damn, these are, this stat system is super accurate. This is so cool. Okay, we'll do 2030. And we'll go to, I said 2200, right? Yeah. On the 21st. Generate. Uh, Yeah, so I used... First of all, I was pulling down about 65 megabits per second, which for me is pretty rare. And I used, just in that window, I used 24 gigs of data in a 1.5 hour window on Stadia. Wow. So I was probably pulling about 15 to 16 gigs an hour. Now, I mean, because I do have like other internet stuff happening. Like I have a Plex server and a few other things. But if you notice with my Plex server running at normal times, I'm never breaking really like 10 meg. That's crazy. Yeah, so I was I was almost pushing 100 meg down to run Stadia. Jesus. So yeah, it, it definitely eats that bandwidth. Like that's a chonky that's a chonky it's bandwidth. Chonky. Um. So anyway, so we did our Street Fighter tournament wow. and Tekken tournament and all that stuff, and we flew out James Chen at J Chen. So on Twitter, if you're hearing this and you think and you want to send him, thank you, send him to him. But I just want to talk about how he's a super friendly guy. There's a funny story on the Reddit slash Street Fighter podcast about me dropping him off at the wrong hotel accidentally. <laughs> you can hear all about it. I took him to the wrong Marriott. Um, but he, so he came to the event Friday night 
with yeah second state instead of city yeah, Creek. yeah uh-huh. yep. so uh, he came friday night um you know and we were paying him to be there but we can only afford to pay him to commentate one day mm-hmm. he showed up friday and was like hey do you want me to commentate stuff even though we weren't paying him to commentate, we we're just paying him for travel. And he was, oh. I was like, you know, if you want to go ahead, otherwise like feel free to hang out, take things in. So instead of commentating, one of our guys came up to him and was like, Hey man, like I want to run sets against you. Like I want to play you. Like I've been, I've been <laughs> oh. a huge fan of you since the super turbo days. I've like, cause James Chen, before he was like a really well-known like community leader and commentator, he was like a really, really good street fighter two turbo player. That's kind of where he, he started in the arcades back then and kind of built his way up. Right. Sure. And he was like, he's like, I'm not very good. And the guy was like, it's not about good. It's about like, I look up to you and I would love to play you. Aww. And he was like, sure, man, let's play. So he borrowed a stick from somebody, sat down, and he played sets against the entire Utah fighting game community for five straight hours. Wow. He just sat down and just played for five hours against everybody that wanted to play him and just like talked to him, shot the shit. It was really cool. That's super um, cool. Then he came the next day, showed up early, hung out, talked to people, played a few sets, and then commentated all night with us. Like, really cool guy. Um, if you're interested in somebody who also does a really good job of like, I hate saying the phrase layman, but like who's really good at breaking down like the technical side of fighting games for maybe the uninitiated. Like sure. James is super good at that. And he has a lot of stuff on his YouTube channel that's like quote unquote fighting games for dummies type content where he will teach you the basics of what you need to understand. And when he commentates, he even does that a lot. So that's super important. He was really cool. Super nice guy. Couldn't have been happier to have him out here. So that's, that's awesome. super cool. That's really cool. I'm glad that's it turned it. out well. Yeah, well. It was really, really cool. He's really nice. Meet your heroes only if they're cool. Only if they're cool. And like he and I kind of had some off conversations, like when I was driving to the airport and things like that, about the state of the community and the toxic people that exist. And like he and I see eye to eye on a lot of things. And it was really just cool to see that like somebody who is arguably a big name and very well known to be like, nah, man, like fuck these shitty people type thing. He's just a good dude. Like I was waiting for like a bad hot take to come out of his mouth. <laughs> and like he has, he has, every take he had was actually just a really solid like, be kind to humans type take. So he's just a good dude in general too. Those are good so. takes to have. That's yep. very cool. That's it. James Chen's really nice. Rebecca, how would you like to wrap up this podcast? Uh, I'm not going to finish this puzzle. Uh, yeah. Be cool to each other. Yeah. Bitches. Please make sure to like and rate us on iTunes. 